You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Ah, Portugal. There's so much to do, but so little I feel like I have to do when we are here. Talk about a foreign feeling. When we are back from vacation, let's make sure we are still on track with our investment plans. You know, just in case we want to retire here. With Vanguard advice, no matter what your retirement goals are, we can help you get there. That's the value of ownership. Visit Vanguard.com and explore Vanguard advice. All investing is subject to risk. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Services are provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. How are you doing? Hello? Hello? Hey, Alex. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I've been, uh, whenever I use Anchor, I isolate our audio from our StreamYard videos and, um, and recordings so we post on YouTube. And okay. and that's how we kind of go about it. So I haven't seen it this way, so that's pretty cool. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm giving you a different perspective on it. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say thank you for joining me today on the podcast and everything. I do appreciate you doing this. Totally. I'm excited to be here and chat some movies and all that fun stuff. Same here. Mm-hmm. And I know that I got, didn't get a chance to actually be on Hotel Nerd with you like I wanted to because I had some stuff that came up. So mm-hmm. it's just good to have you. Well, how it's dare fun. you? I'm very, <laughs> I, know, I, right? I, I was very offended. I, I told Hotel Nerd I'd never be on the show again. It was so unprofessional. Oh, well, the worst. <laughs> well, I just, I guess I'm just going to have to go on ahead, punish myself, and go ahead and not even do this anymore. You know what? Good, <laughs> good. That's the way it goes. All right. All right. Well, with further ado, let's go on ahead and talk about some of the things that went on today. Like, we ended up getting some movie news today about Margaret Robbie actually being in the reboot for Pirates of the Caribbean. What do you Mm -hmm. think about that? Well, uh, there's a lot of feelings I have overall. Um, One, the idea of another Pirates of the Caribbean movie kind of makes me, I don't want to say nauseous, but but it's just like, why? I don't don't want another one. I love Pirates of the Caribbean universe and everything, but it's just so much and it's just so diluted at this point. It just doesn't feel fun for me as a film goer all that much anymore like I used to. Um, I do love the idea of introducing Margot Robbie into that universe because I think she's really fantastic. I've never seen anything uh, with her in it that I've disliked aside from once I'm in Hollywood. But that says nothing to do with her. Um, but I am actually more so than her being involved uh, in the movie itself with being attached to a, a pirate's movie. It's more about her actually reconnecting with the script writer behind Birds of Prey, honestly, because it's the Birds of Prey script writer from what I've read. Yeah, uh, right. Birds of Prey and Bumblebee scriptwriter Christina Hodson. So that I am more excited about them collaborating again on another story, another character and everything. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. that's actually what has me excited is the fact that it's another, it's the Bumblebee writer yes. that's actually going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So that makes me excited because mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed Bumblebee. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, I'm actually fatigued of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise as well. Mm-hmm. Because 
number one, we here's the thing. It ha- wasn't even that long ago that we already had a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. And let alone, let's go on ahead and reboot this. Usually, I'm going to turn into John Campion for a minute, but usually <laughs> it winds up being like 10 years or more where they actually want to reboot a certain movie. Yes. And they didn't even give this movie a chance to even breathe, this franchise to breathe a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like they needed to give it a little bit more time to let the audience go on ahead and forget about Johnny Depp being in the movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that and just let it die out a little bit, let it fade out and then bring it back a couple of years later to where they want to reboot the franchise. Yeah. They wanted to reboot it. Well, as far as I know, there's no word of the actual word. There's no mention of the word reboot, um, you know, involved. Right. What If you're going to be rebooting something, you know, you would have to get not only a whole all new storyline, um, but you would have to like, are we recasting, you know, right. uh, Jack Sparrow in that case? You would have to it would be the, right. it would be um, a lot of the same stories and same characters in order for a bit to reboot from. Uh, what I've read so far, it doesn't look seem like a reboot at all. If anything, it's just a, a completely new uh, story within that universe, if anything. Okay, because I remember when the reports came out last year, or, or yeah, I think it was like, like, mm-hmm. like last year, where they said they were thinking about rebooting it. So I was just going based off of what I read last year. And mm-hmm. I was just assuming that it was actually going to be a reboot, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a continuation. So... You know, it worked out for Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Everything because it's just a continuation. Yeah, that's not a reboot, though. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Not at all. It's mm-hmm. just a continuation. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to... Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I'm getting at with this Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just a continuation yeah. versus a reboot, when I, which I thought was going to be a reboot. Absolutely. Uh, so, mm-hmm. well, so, yeah. Well, I do know it's it's a complete it's supposed to be a whole new original story, which is really new. Uh, which is really sorry, cool, not new. That's not a word. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> new characters and everything, but just uh, within that world, you know. So it seems like you know Disney is really putting. They're looking to put invest it's a lot expanding. more money in this you know franchise because obviously you know being Margot Robbie and how much success she's received in the last few years. You know, she's obviously she's taken off, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if she takes on more of a pr- a produce a producing role as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised about that either. And she's mm-hmm. such a talented actress. I love yeah. Margaret Robbie yeah. as an actress. Her as Harley Quinn, and even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she just stole that role mm-hmm. in that Quentin Tarantino film. She's just an amazing actress. Yeah. So I would like to actually see her do some producing and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. because I I think that she would be really good with that. Yeah, um, I yeah, it's like I I don't like that movie overall at all personally, but I do like her in it. I think she was just right. you know she was glowing, she was fantastic, you know, she was everything that I wanted her character to be. Um, so her character, uh, her character in this movie is being described as a badass, you know, redheaded female pirate, and so there are a whole lot of female pirates to choose from. So if we're going to go in that direction, and uh, you know, there's so many awesome female pirates throughout history you can really base a lot of these right. characters from so i can't wait to see what inspiration they decided in what direction you know they decided to go in with this most definitely because you know i think that i all i can picture is harley quinn on a pirate ship for some reason mm-hmm. you know Leading in a pirate her... ship? <laughs> stealing a yeah. pirate ship <laughs> yep most definitely yeah. i can definitely see her doing that mm-hmm. and also too i also know that She's also got um, Christian, uh, Christina Hudson with her, too, that's going to be in this film. Who? Uh, Christina Hudson. Who's that? H- Hudson. Uh, she's another actress that's going to be in this film. And basically, I don't remember seeing her in anything at all. She played in, let's see. I, she wanted, She played in. Well, Christina uh, Hudson is a is a yeah. is a writer, as far as I know, not oh, okay. an actor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, about that. that's that that's the script writer behind Birds of Prey, and Bumblebee. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sorry, eight hour shift. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm very offended by this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. But anyways, um. Like I said, I like Bumblebee for what the, what she did with Bumblebee and everything. I really liked what she did with that. Yeah. Um. Another thing too is like I know that we always have like bad going mo- movie going experiences and stuff, 
Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, what are some of your bad experiences going into the theater? Um, well, there's not too many that really jumped to mind. I do know, um, well, you know, what? I have two I can think of definitely on hand. I, I remember I saw the movie It from 2017. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that movie in theater. I saw it like at 11 o'clock at night uh, with my with my husband. And we were going to see this movie. I was like, I had to drag him to the theater. I was super excited. My husband at the time, he was like, you couldn't pay him to take him to a movie theater. So if I got into a movie theater, <laughs> it was like a big deal, you know? <laughs> right. And um, just because we were both so excited to see the movie It. I love the movie It. It's definitely one of my favorite coming-of-age horror movies of that movie of that year. It's fantastic. However, uh, that movie in particular, being not only a horror movie, but it's – that movie was kind of ruined for me the first time I saw it because when I saw it, there was like a group of people, a group of couples like um, sitting a handful of rows behind us. And it was a pretty empty theater, but this group of uh, couples that were sitting like together and uh, behind us, they would just randomly yell and be like, no, don't go in there. No, don't go now. Ah, and they would like throw popcorn and stuff at the screen and stuff. Well, right. took me personally out of the movie experience. I was like in the middle, of, like especially with Pennywise, he's doing all his like weird body stuff, <laughs> you know, towards the end. And right. then suddenly, throw someone is literally throwing popcorn over my head and and yelling at this, yelling towards the screen. It was like, oh my gosh, it just took me out of the whole experience. I ended up not being scared at all about it because of that, which was very frustrating. Right, because um, you go into the movie theater to yeah. go get scared because of this movie. Yeah, it was and then just, that experience yeah. is just snatched. It's, right. If I'm seeing a movie like Transformers, or if I'm seeing heck a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you know that's totally fine. But I'm supposed to, I'm watching a really intense, like dramatic coming of age horror movie, and <laughs> that's not the exactly the audience uh, situation I want to be in. But unfortunately, that's what we got, and. Uh, several people that worked there, they saw what was happening, and there were several complaints being made. I saw, um, but they didn't do anything. So, what are you gonna do? Exactly. Okay. And you know what? I can actually relate to that though too, because I saw that this Kevin, you know, the Kevin Hart movie, What Now? The whenever he was like doing the stand up on stage, it was a movie, mm-hmm. and you know. I ended up, the only reason why I went to go see this movie, too, was because Medea Boo, uh, Medea Halloween was actually sold out. So I was like, well, I don't want to just go home or whatever. So I went on ahead, bought my ticket to go see this movie because of the fact I do like Kevin Hart. I do like his stand-up. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know it, I see these kids on their cell phone filming the movie. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is not happening. <laughs> so I actually had to go to the concession stand, tell the usher, the usher, whenever he came in there the first time, the kid put his cell phone underneath his shirt, acting like he didn't, he wasn't even doing anything. Then the second time he came in there, he caught the kid and told him to put up his phone or else he was going to get kicked out of the theater. Uh, to me, I think that he should have just got kicked out of the theater, but yeah. that's just me being old, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but I just had that was just a bad experience for me, but as for it though, that is one of my favorite movies of that year, and I do love the coming of age. That was probably one of my favorite coming of the age of age movies and everything, as well. And I'm a huge Stephen King fan as well. Mm-hmm. And for that to be sna- that movie going experience to get uh, snatched away from you, that is just really messed up. Yeah, it it, it is really annoying uh, for sure. Um... It's especially in a movie. I remember also another experience I had was for the quiet place of all movies for <laughs> <laughs> people to start chatting away, which is a movie literally where it's so crucial for it to be quiet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I saw that movie um, with a group of friends. We were sitting in the front row because the entire theater was completely uh completely full and the girl next to me she had a huge thing of nachos oh god and you it's it's the very beginning of the movie and she just starts not i don't think she thought about it i don't think she realized it you know she was just like munching away with it next 
next to me eating all these nachos in a movie that's all about peace and quiet. So every person was silent. Like you can hear a pin drop ex- except for this mountain of nachos being shoveled into her mouth. <laughs> that is really um, bad. <laughs> it, it was not the best. <laughs> like she, she ended up putting it away after like, I swear, like not only me, but like 15 people around us like turned and looked at her. You know, and we had that moment, so it's kind of funny. Um, but also, while like you know, these really quiet, intense moments were playing out, and in, in the during the movie, I could hear the movie, uh, like the uh, at our theater, I could hear the different scenes playing out from the theater next to us, and it was, um, I believe it was the Last Jedi or something was playing like next right. in the theater next to us we could hear like scenes and songs and stuff being played a little bit in the background <laughs> while we were watching a quiet place <laughs> that is too funny i was like what i just remember being like i that that doesn't see music i thought we this doesn't have any music or wait 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 is that intentional is it not intentional I'm confused <laughs> right it it's like really weird I can just see the uh, the X wings and everything flying and everything, yeah. and it's like zooms. Yeah, <laughs> I can just see it. It was just so awkward. It, it was the first time right. that that's never ever happened to me. Maybe it's because it requires everyone to be so quiet. In the movie itself, you know, has a lot of loud, really cool moments, obviously, but overall, it is a very qu- purposefully quiet movie. And right. So, <laughs> out of nowhere, you'd hear like blasters and lightsabers and. <laughs> <laughs> Big John William themes and melody. Like, that's going to feel right. It's like an almost quiet place featuring John Williams. Exactly. So, what could have so, been? Yeah. Just imagine that. We ended up getting you know, the John Williams score for, you know, right. place, you know, that's what I really that wanted. Awesome. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm here for it. Family drama. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Some aliens killing some people. What's yes, up? Going ahead. I love me some alien, you know, killing other people. Right. So, yeah. Right. Let's see. Um, another thing, too, that actually happened to me, and I here's the thing. I don't mind people talking in the theater or anything like that within the scenes or whatever and just, like, you know, just having little small conversations here and there. Mm-hmm. But when you're continually talking for two and a half hours. Yeah. That pulls me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I okay, if you're having to explain to the person you're with for the whole two and a half hours of a certain movie, you know, maybe you shouldn't have to try and explain that to them when you first get into the theater. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because that actually pulls me out of the movie as well. And also, too, I actually had this that happened where a girl was actually painting her fingernails in the theater. Oh no! Yeah, so weird. Like it was. I'm like, out of all the places, you're gonna go ahead and do your fingernails in an, an enclosed place where everybody else can smell your smell the fumes from your fingernail polish. So what I did was, which I hardly, which I never do, I actually got up and I acted like I fell, uh, fell, and I landed on top of her. I'm like, oops, I'm sorry, I fell. <laughs> yeah. And they say, you know, she got up and left, and I didn't see her for the whole entire time of the movie. Because mm-hmm. I messed up her whole entire um, fingernail polish. Oh, man, the, the tragedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, well, I got rid of one person. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that's just a few things that actually pulled me out of the movie is just some mm-hmm. off-the-wall stuff that people actually do in the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I feel like, well, like I mentioned, it's for some movies, it's fine. And not to mention, right. if you're in, if you're in a fortunate enough situation where you can get up and move, that's totally fine. But that's just a you know, it's a dick move. You know, it really is. It really is a dick move mm-hmm. because you're there to enjoy a movie and break away from reality a little bit for two and a half hours. Yeah, and we're paying fifteen dollars for that escapism, you know. <laughs> exactly, and you know, and here you are painting your fingernails for everybody else to smell. No, exactly. that's not. But what what some of your other things that actually happened to you though? 
Honestly, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Um, okay. Yeah, but usually I live in St. Louis and uh, we, Okay. yeah, so it's, you know, aside from like, you know, Avengers Endgame or anything like that, my husband and I were very purposefully, uh, we choose to go during at like, like we, we like going to matinees. We don't like going to like, we don't like large crowds or anything when it comes to theaters, right. you know? So, I mean, we, we saw Endgame still, unfortunately, in a packed test theater like on a tuesday at like 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> so uh we so we try to like steer away from like going on any going to theaters on thursday friday saturday kind of thing if we can help it oh, i'm matinee kind of person myself it's just that at the time the person i was with we would always go on ahead yeah. go to an evening movie yeah because i'm getting off of work she was getting done with college or whatever and you know, it's like, okay, let's go get some dinner. We haven't really spent that much time with each other all all week or anything. Mm-hmm. So let's go on ahead and go to a movie. And it was so it was me, it was like the nighttime movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of experiences with cell phones where somebody was on their cell phone for a whole entire time that they were even in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't get you. <laughs> you know? It's frustrating. Yeah. It is. And, you know, there's just, there's a such thing as respect for others, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to turn down your light and everything too, if you want, don't want to distract anybody, at least turn it down all the way on dark almost where you can act, just use that can see the screen, but mm-hmm. don't just blindly do that to other people to ruin the movie going experience. Yeah. For everybody I mean, else. I, at the end of the day, just don't be a dick, you know? Exactly. It's, I mean, it's, if that's what you're going to do, that's your prerogative. You're paying for this time to do whatever you want. But I also pay the same amount of money to get up and leave and, and move around or whatever if needed, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's whatever at the same time. So. So, and another thing I want to talk about is like CGI versus practical effects. I mean, what actually pulls you out of with CGI? Um. Uh, uh, if it's bad, <laughs> right? Like, what, like what I'm trying to say is like, what movies actually pulled you out of it because of the CGI? Oh, um, uh, I um some of the older ones. Um, I one I remember is I. It's a movie that I love growing up. Uh, loved growing up, and I still love it till today. But it's just so bad. <laughs> CGI included. It's a, it's a little movie called Mortal Kombat. Oh, I love it's, Mortal Kombat. It's so much fun. I love that movie, but the CGI is so awful. <laughs> it really is. If you actually go back and so watch good. it, which it's so bad. Yeah, I did watch <laughs> it for the first time in several years, uh, not too long earlier this week, and I was like, oh damn. <laughs> Yeah, and I get this. I actually yeah. had my best friend Kyle on my podcast uh, last month. Yeah, and we we grew up together. We were in third grade, and we dragged our parents out to see this movie. Yeah, and we were just laughing at the fact that we made our parents sit through this movie, oh. <laughs> and they and they hated it. Yes, I'm <laughs> and here we are, and here we are. We're like geeking out. Did you see Johnny Cage do the split and then punch Goro in the nuts? That was. And we're like, yeah, that was awesome. And then my mom is like, that movie sucked. We liked it. <laughs> that was that's what him and I both said. <laughs> and yeah. um, I just remember uh, the cheesiness of it is it's very cheesy now. If if you actually go yeah. and watch it. Well, I mean, what I think it's uh, what's kind of interesting about it though is that. Um, is that it's very purposefully cheesy at mm-hmm. the same time. Like, it's it, it, when it was filmed, it did not have a budget. It did not expect to make as much money. It's quite a cult, much, very much a cult classic nowadays. Um, you know, but it, when it came out, uh, it, it never tried to have really good CGI. It just was trying to put on something cool on the screen, you know? So, you, right. I, that I actually kind of expect a certain really bad level. Looking back at CGI, that their CGI versus if I saw that level CGI on like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you know, I'd be like, "What the heck?" 
Right, exactly. You know, uh, if it's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, I would have a very different expectation because a CGI is such a huge part of it, you know? Exactly, because, like you said, CGI does play a huge part in those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, mm-hmm. and if something's just off a little bit, yeah. you're going to take notice of it, and then that can actually pull you out of the film Yeah, as well. Even having too much CGI can actually pull you out of the film as well, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's actually what happened with me with Van Helsing with uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. And it was just the over-saturation of the CGI that I just didn't really like. Yeah. You know? I just felt like... I just felt like it just didn't land well for me Mm -hmm. for that. You know? Yeah. Well, sometimes it just ages really well. And sometimes it doesn't. Oh, um... If you if we're gonna go into the DCE uh, DCEU route, I mean, can we we can't forget about you know Spider Man's mustache, you know? Oh yeah, Superman's uh, mustache. Sorry, Most definitely. Superman, not Spider Man. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> very different, different, very different character, very different world. Right, right. <laughs> now I want to yeah. see Peter Parker with a mustache. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just kidding. He is I'm a child. Kidding. He is like 16 years old. He's supposed right. to be a movie or something. That right. or um, that was. I mean, it's. It didn't so much. I didn't notice it right away, but once you tell it to me, I can't unsee it. And so, right. it, at that point, it is like crazy distracting. You know, I, I agree with you on that because here's the thing: the very first time I saw Justice League mm-hmm. and everything, I didn't even notice it until me it was either, actually presented. Yeah. Right until it was actually presented to me on ComingSoon.net or one of those mm-hmm. websites. I'm like, wait, what? I said I didn't even pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. So. My second viewing was very different because I did see the movie twice. Not because I wanted to see the CGI. It was just mm-hmm. because, you know, there's just so much time packed in, in that movie to where I felt like I needed to see it again. Yeah. So I went on ahead and I checked it out. I'm like, yeah, that is really bad CGI. You can definitely tell that there was supposed to be something there and then they tried to remove it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that is definitely something that I have to admit that you know, that can actually pull me out of the film as well with that. Um, another thing that pulls pulled me out was the Wolverine CGI, the very first Wolverine movie. Oh, I can't remember. Like the first X-Men or Wolverine? Which Wolverine? It was like the very first standalone Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie that they which actually one? Followed. I don't remember that one. Um, it was... 2009 or 2010, I believe that was when it came out. It was like the first introduction into Gambit when they try to introduce Gambit. Taylor uh, Kitsch actually played Gambit in that time. That was also the time when you had uh, Ryan Reynolds that actually had his mouth shut, sewn shut oh, for Deadpool. Ryan. Yeah. So that was actually something that actually took me out of the film, not just. Oh wait! Oh wait! Wolverine. Uh, sorry, X Men Origins. Yeah, X Men Origins. Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. It. Okay. I just yeah. call it Wolverine because of the fact that you know it was like the very first standalone Wolverine movie that we actually got. That's true. Um, I I said I I got it confused because there is a movie called the the Wolverine from twenty thirteen. Right. So I just want to make right. sure I think that's the right. Movie. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. But yeah, that was just some bad CGI, especially if you act- look at the uh, claws and the way that they did the whole did the CGI with that. Yeah. And I, it just pulled me out of the film because of the fact with the CGI. And then also, too, what they did with Deadpool. I'm like, Deadpool's supposed to be the merc with a mouth. And he's supposed to be comical. He's supposed to have that. And then all of a sudden, they just yanked that away from him. And I'm, I'm like, no. This is it. This is not the movie that I was expecting. Um, I personally did not get into comic books. And I didn't know who Deadpool was, honestly, when I watched it. So watching it, personally, I thought it was actually a fun time. You know, it's a bad movie, right. but I thought it was a fun time. And I didn't know about uh, Deadpool's character or anything. So I wasn't – so I wouldn't have known. Um, I just thought he was – I just – honestly, I thought it was kind of cool. But I just remember right. – I can actually see that. Uh, my thought process was as well. Uh, if he closes his mouth, how is he going to eat? Is he just have like an IV tube, or <laughs> what is that situation? 
right? And I'm like, okay, how are you supposed to do that? Yeah. Do you have like a little straw or something? Well, he, is there? Where would he? Well, he can't really suck right. it up, so he can't no. use a straw unless he uses no. nose. <laughs> right, and, and that would just be really bad. Like awkward. <laughs> it yeah. it would be very awkward. <laughs> and so it's that since he can't, he can't. Uh, he can smell, but he can't really taste. So what's the point of his being able to do that? So it's just kind of weird. Yeah, just it a was. series of choice there. But again, I wouldn't have known the difference. So, I mean, it's still kind of a cool character, cool idea for a character. Probably just don't call him Deadpool, obviously, because that's a completely different right. situation. But I can't. I don't feel like we. I can personally criticize the character for something I didn't realize it was that right. character. But if we're going to be right. talking about that movie, that opening scene in that movie is awesome, though. I right. I do Schreiber. agree with that. I love Lee Schreiber and Hugh Jackman together. I think they're fantastic. Right. I do agree with the opening scene on that part mm-hmm. and everything. I do agree. The opening scene of that and them going out through the years of how long they've been doing this yeah. and working together was just really great. I really did feel like they actually captured who they actually were. Mm-hmm. and everything so i did like that of course i'm a huge history buff so wh- whenever i saw him in war i'm like yes this is the wolverine that i really wanted to see mm-hmm. in the opening scene so i really love that i love the fact that you know he didn't have the internet uh the claws right off the bat and it was just like the comics where the it was just the bone mm-hmm. and i'm like okay they are going off the comics they are keeping true to his character so I really do did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I'm never the one to actually bash a certain movie or anything like that. I always say this. I loved aspects to, to something, mm-hmm. but I mean, not like the movie as a whole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I definitely liked uh, the opening scene that you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that we can definitely have, apply that mindset towards, you know, any movie. I don't like to go out and say a movie is downright trash. Right. Um, you know, because I do feel like any movie, you know, at the end of the day, it's a movie that people genuinely worked hard on. It took it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of effort to make a movie. And there's right. so many people that work in these movies. So I don't like to call a movie altogether trash. Um, but I always I do like to pinpoint. I always like to try to find something that I do like about a movie, whether it be like set design or maybe the script or just about anything. So. You know, even if the acting may be bad or you know, CGI is awful, <laughs> whatever it may be. Right. It's, uh, I agree. Always, there's only always something positive to kind of uh, try to you try to find in any movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's how I actually feel, too. I always try to look for a positive out of a negative mm-hmm. and everything, you know, because I always look at the as a glass half, half, half full kind of thing. And, you know, that's like everybody saying, well, I I use this as an example is the Pet Cemetery remake. It was like, well, that movie's just awful. I said, I've seen worse remakes mm-hmm. than that. That is not straight up garbage, like you mentioned. You know, there's a difference in giving opinion and there's a difference in saying, oh, that movie is just plain garbage without giving an explanation as to why that's actually garbage. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes down to social media is like, some people. Everybody's just like, well, this is just garbage. I'm like, well, and then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get mad at this person. I'm just going to say this. Yeah. What did what didn't work for you in this movie? Tell me what didn't you like about this movie? Let's have a conversation about what you didn't like, opposed to just saying that this is just trash. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you look like a five-year-old at a keyboard with the cap lock on. So. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... it's uh... Yeah, I mean, everyone's a little bit different. You know, if so- anyone else right. calls the trash, that's totally fine. You know, right. whatever. And, right. It, you know, it's just oh, like, but I'm not going to, I will never try to convert someone to uh, n- to come to my side of the viewing experience. Because no, I, because no. I, cause I personally, like I have a, uh, people tell me I have the hottest of takes. There's so many movies that I really do not like that other people like. Like I have, I, I, I have no desire to see uh, Knives Out ever again. I really do not like that movie. Um, I really do not like uh, Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood. You know, right? I have a lot of people tell me. I've had people DM me, be, be like, "Yeah, your <laughs> opinions are trash because you don't like these movies." 
what? That is crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, but I mean, it's. Uh, but I hear that, and I'm like, you know, that's whatever. You know, it's. I mean, that's what, exactly. You know, everyone has different, you know, ideas when it comes to these movies, and everyone, uh, everyone's taste is a little bit different, but and how we appreciate them is also reflected in that. Most definitely, and you know, and. I never, like I said, I never try to downgrade anybody or anything like that or try to make people see my perspective. It's just that I like having conversations. I like conversing in people to see what didn't work for them or anything like that, you know, because I like having conversations. I like, and if it's just like a one-sided note, it's like, okay, I can't have a conversation with you based off of Mm -hmm. one word, you know? And, you know, I, I have to agree with you on the simple fact is movies are subjective and some people are not going to gravitate towards other films. You didn't like once upon a time in Hollywood. I'm not going to hold that against you. Same thing with knives out, you know, that's, that's your prerogative. That's what you, you didn't like it that you didn't like it, Mm -hmm. you know, and no one should bash you for not liking something, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's all good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If we are going to be, I do want to kind of talk about some uh, movies with openly bad CGI at the time. Like there, okay. are some, there are some movies that like, you know, Star Wars, you know, when the prequels came out and George Lucas, he decided to go back and add a lot of CGI, you know, not necessary effects to CGI effects to the original you know, trilogy. I know a lot of people were upset about it. I don't remember. I remember seeing a handful, but I was like, "Oh man, that that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a change anyone needed." But okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I understand where he's going for. But I do think that CGI. You know, when it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's openly bad. And if you're gonna make bad CGI, I would. I actually kind of like it if you embrace it. Like if. Just talking about uh, the movie Spawn. Oh my gosh, from '97, oh. the '90s with Spawn. Oh my gosh. So when they that made that movie, they knew they didn't have the budget in order to get really good CGI, and they knew that going into it. And right. so they were pretty much they were like, "Well, if we're not even going to include good CGI, how are you going to make it weird and unique looking?" <laughs> you know? Right. And I think and I love Spawn. Right. Yeah. I think they, they completely, they definitely hit the nail on the head as far as, because I don't remember any CGI, like that weird thing in like the, in the, at the ballroom thing where there was like that weird ribbon thing with the, with his like the cape. Oh, it was so weird. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was uniquely weird and yeah. dark. And I really loved what they were able to do with that. And like you said, they didn't have the budget to what they wanted to do with the film. Yeah. But am I, let me ask you this. Am I right or am I wrong? Was it a little bit of claymation that they actually used with the special effects as well? For the for a little bit of what they did with the uh, transformation of Clown? You know, I wouldn't be surprised a little bit. You know. Because if that's the case, it worked for that time period that time period, you know? Because I did feel like once that transformation was done with Clown. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is something beneath the skin. Something that you don't want to mess with. Yeah. You know? And I love Clown. I love John Leguizamo. <laughs> I love him. Um, a, a wonderful friend of mine, Rachel, she uh, she toured with him for his, his play. And uh, when he did that not too long, like uh, late last year, and she was, t- she told me about all the weird characters that he enjoyed. But he apparently he enjoyed the heck out of being involved with that movie. He just thought it was like a fun time. <laughs> and it's, it's very different when the actors, they go into a movie that's campy um, and they know it's going to be weird and campy and everything for the heck of it. And they're just like, fuck it. We're let's, let's get experimental. Let's, let's get, make this, make, let's make this weird movie even weirder, you know? Right. Um, versus like where there was like that, where they know what they're getting into. They go in there expecting for to it for a certain level of bad movie, essentially. Versus like Mommy Dearest with Faye Dunaway, 
going oh, into it, no one like no one expected they thought that was like a full-fledged you know family drama no one expected it to be campy no one expected it to take on this new life that it has because uh everyone involved with it thought it was going to be this hardcore heavy-hitting drama and everything and then everyone they saw it and they're like wait we need to change our marketing and apparently they done away and the scriptwriter and the director were pissed that they decided to go in that new direction after it was released well it's all that about that misconception uh, of what a certain tone of the movie is so i mean if it's marketing it in a in a way that is misleading towards audiences you have to market it towards that audience to where they can actually understand it yeah you know well, even Faye Dunaway, she she says she has a lot of regrets making that movie because although she says to let's say she's like, well, I'm glad it makes me money and I'm glad people love it, but at the same time, that's not the movie I made, you know? Right. It, I can so understand I, that. Yeah, it's very – I can imagine it's very frustrating. She's also like a very uh, – I've been told a very method actor kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I – if she's going to make a movie like that, where she thinks it's going to be like really hard hitting, intense. I mean, it has like themes of family dynamics and abuse and everything. And only for it to come out as like a jokey movie, you know, I mean, that's right. And it sucks. That really does. That that does suck in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is the green lantern movie. That was really bad CGI, not to mention the plot in itself on what they were doing with it for mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But, and, you know, the thing that I didn't like was the, that they had at the very end of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Mm-mm, this is, I, I looked at my buddy, I'm like, do you want to leave? <laughs> he's, he's like, what? I said, do you want to leave? Because I'll leave right now. I said, I never wanted to leave a movie so fast. He goes, we're almost done with it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll suffer with you. Wait, which movie is this? I just want to double check. Uh, Green Lantern. Oh, I haven't seen Green Lantern, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Okay, it's just the CGI yeah. in the direction that they decide that Taika Waititi went in with it. Yeah, Taika Waititi but, directed it. Yeah, believe it or not, um, I, know, I know he starred in it. I didn't know he directed it. Start. Okay, I want to say he directed it. Let me double check myself though, real quick, because I'm pretty sure he did. Because I think I remember. Um, them actually joking about that in uh, no, the new Ryan Reynolds. It's directed by Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell. Okay, I knew Taika Waititi was yeah, in there some it. kind of way. He's cast in it. Um, yeah, okay. he jokes about it in some promos, but yeah, he's only in the. He's okay. he's just an actor in the movie. Okay, I, I apologize for my. Get it together, <laughs> man. The misconception. Yeah, just kidding. I know, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, you know, I just didn't like the direction that they that he went in with that movie. I was expecting a good, great Green Lantern movie. And it wasn't, it didn't land well for me. Yeah. And at the very end, it's like this huge mushroom cloud that Green Lantern, that Ryan Reynolds has to fight. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to see a sequel. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of movies where i walk like i'm a one and done kind of guy like whenever i saw the divergent the very first divergent movie i'm like i'm good i don't need to see anymore i actually really enjoy divergent for what it was to be honest um you know i definitely but also i'm like really big into like young adult you know apocalyptic movies right you know that's right in my wheelhouse you know it hit me at, at uh i was like in my early 20s when i saw the first one and by no means is it a good movie. I just think it's no. a fun movie. And I think that in the, there's a lot of the special effects in that one. I feel like it's for what it was doing, it was it was fine. I felt like a lot of the practical effects and CGI kind of melded well together, honestly. Um, that, right. Mm-hmm. That I can agree with you on. And also, too, I can also appreciate um, the imagination and what they were going for yeah. with it. Because I, I do like the originality behind it. Yeah, it's just for me. It's like I saw these characters for one one time, and I'm like, I don't really feel like I need to see how this actually ends. It's like I felt like I saw everything I needed to see within one film. It's just me because there's certain films like, okay, yeah, that was fun. Let me go back. Let me go on ahead and see what else they can actually do with this. You know? Yeah. But in this case, I just wasn't one of those type of people that were like, you know what? I want to see more from this universe. 
Mm-hmm. And that was just, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, just, it's really hard. I feel like that's a whole conversation talking about the, the, the work, young adult films in general as like a general genre. Um, but also like young adult, you know, apocalyptic movies. And that was a huge movie trend for a hot minute there. Obviously, most definitely, you know, um, if you're going to be going in that direction, you have to be okay with investing, you know, quite a bit of money in CGI, you know, because, you know, even though your audience is usually like, you know, anywhere between, you know, 10 year olds to like 30 year olds, usually. Right. At the same time, these are people that also grew up with CGI, you know, you're not going to fool them, you know, versus like someone that's like in in their 60s or something, they're not going to care. Also, they're not likely to see this. (laughs) exactly so we're just more likely to recognize when cgi is off essentially most definitely like Mm -hmm. if someone's older or whatever they're not going to pick up on it someone around you know like my age or someone that's younger and also around your age as well we're going to pick up on every on it because we're able to see every little detail you know and I just feel like with some CGI, there is a such thing as too much over-exaggeration with CGI. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the Van Diesel movie, The Last Witch Hunter, that he was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was excited for it. I was actually excited uh, to actually see that movie with Vin because, you know, it was something new that Vin wanted to do. And... I like a little bit of fantasy. I like a little bit of horror mixed into mm-hmm. it. And I just like the imagination of him hunting down these witches and everything. And the Elijah Wood was actually, his talented was actually wasted in that film. Mm-hmm. The CGI uh, really wasn't the greatest. But the imagination behind it what I is what I liked about it. You know, but that's just how I actually looked at the film. For, for that time yeah I, I think it's that movie in particular it's you know if it's going it's not trying to win awards you know again no. it's it's there's a little bit of camp it's it's ridiculous you know and it was you know it's it's not it's meant to be a fun time you know and if you're lucky it's meant to right. be a good time <laughs> um but by no exactly. means it's not meant to win any it's not trying to trick you into He's going to win awards. So I appreciate that. It's not trying to pull it. Most definitely. You know. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Because it knows what it is. It knows its own identity. And I appreciate films that actually know its target audience and its Mm -hmm. own identity. Yes. Versus struggling what what the identity actually is. Mm -hmm. Uh, What other um, movies would you say that maybe the CGI was off or maybe the practical effects were off? Um, Let's see. You remember... um... That Scorpion King movie, The Mummy Returns with The Rock. Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not, not the, the Scorpion King is like a different, it's like a separate movie, but there was a movie, I think it right. was it, it's the Mummy sequel, The Mummy Returns, where it features the, uh, it was actually The Rock's first feature length, like feature film debut as the yep. Scorpion King in the movie towards the very end. And he is like half Scorpion, half man. And it is the most ridiculous CGI <laughs> we'll ever see. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I actually have a fun time watching this movie. But that the CGI uh, with The Rock, it takes you out of the movie where you're like, this is just so bad. <laughs> it's like laughably bad, you know. So uh, it, it just really. Like I, because at that point it's just like a family action adventure, and I'm like, cool, awesome, you know, figure out historical puzzles, cool. And then out of nowhere, the Rock comes out in his half scorpion getup, and I'm like, what is going on there? You know, exactly. <laughs> if I re- yeah. if I remember right though, too, it kind of looked like he was he had like a blockhead for uh for the the head as well. It's like it just didn't fit right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely seemed out of place. Well, the movie is, you know, I don't want to say it's like, um, it, there's a lot of practical effects in the movie, but it's like even at the time where uh, where CGI, you know, it's not amazing, you know, but at the same time, it's, you know, we're getting much more used to it and everything. And we have like, we have like a certain expectation to it, 
we have a certain expectation for a movie like the mummy because it, it was a huge hit and it not only did it make a lot of money it actually had a lot of really great views everyone i knew loved loved the loved the mummy because it's fantastic you know no arguments there but exactly everyone even my grandma i remember seeing it with her in theater and she would be like that looks really bad <laughs> she like would she like <laughs> she like would whisper to me sitting next to me and be like honey jack <laughs> That's so fake. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. and she's like this 80 something year old little Thai lady, <laughs> Thai woman. And she does. And she, and she loves like, uh, she loves a lot of sci-fi fantasy. Like her big thing is Star Trek. She loves Star Trek. And so she's no stranger to bad CGI clearly, but that doesn't bother right. her. But this Scorpion King bothered her <laughs> more than any more than anything else i was just like i, I was just like whoa oh okay <laughs> that's unexpected but you know right i can definitely see why you know that actually pulled her out of the movie and everything yeah. too because it pulled it even pulled myself out of the movie too and i remember actually owning it on vhs and i'm and a matter of fact i was like i don't even want to see this movie now <laughs> You know, it's like, I like the first one with Brandon Fraser in it. And then mm-hmm. the second one, I'm like, eh, I can do with or without it. And I don't really need to actually own this film. So I gave it to one of my friends. Yeah, but rough for sure. But let's see here. I think that another movie that actually pulled me out of it and everything was the new Frankenstein, the I Frankenstein movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you do have a talented actor in that movie, too. You know? Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen yeah. it. It's, uh, that's, it's with not Thomas Jane, the other guy. Uh, no. Oh, he's he Aaron, face. Um, thank you for smoking. Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart Aaron Eckhart, Aaron. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you know, because I, I remember seeing him in that because I think he, he's definitely a gem. I want to see him in more movies. Unfortunately, he doesn't get – I don't see him in all that much stuff. But it's – he's uh, – in that movie, I don't feel like the CJ is obnoxiously bad, but it's definitely noticeable. Most you definitely know, noticeable. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of witches and monsters and stuff. So, you know, but right, I don't I – Right. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go on ahead. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to overlap you. Go on ahead. Oh. Um, but it's like I feel like that's kind of in a similar space as like Van Helsing, like you said earlier, where it's kind of try or um, the Witch Hunter, where it's tr- it's trying to be bad. It's not trying to be bad, but I mean, it's it knows what it is. Right. But it's. Um, it's. It, it, I feel like if that movie came out a few years earlier, it would have been a huge hit. But obviously, it didn't. <laughs> right. I can agree with that, though. I feel like sometimes movies, um, maybe if they would have came out at a different time, it might actually hit mm-hmm. certain audiences a certain way. But, you know, sometimes movies are ahead of its time. Sometimes it's behind its time. You know, it just depends on the layout itself, on how they actually want to deliver it. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I just felt like that movie had way too much oversaturation of the CGI. It pulled me out of the film. Mm -hmm. And, like you said, I understood the fact that, you know, you're dealing with monsters, you're dealing with vampires, werewolves, and stuff like that. It's just that I wanted a little bit more, a little bit of realism mixed in with some of the effects as well. And I just didn't feel like I got that. But mm-hmm. still, that's just me. Yeah. It, I also kind of like, when I look at the CGI a little bit, I also try to take into consideration, how much money did I pay for this ticket? You know? Mm-hmm. Am I am I renting this? Did I buy it? <laughs> did I Am I seeing it in theater? Like, I would hate to pay so much money to see, you know, I Frankenstein in theater. Right. You know? Like, I would hate to know, or, like, Bloodshot recently, I would hate to know that I, I spent, like, $15, $20 on a single ticket for that, for that movie. <laughs> but if I, but if, it- I, if I found it, like, on Netflix or Amazon, you know, or something, I would be like, oh, that's fine, you know? Expectations are okay. a little bit different when you pay so much money. <laughs> 
Exactly. My yeah. question is this. Did you, how was Bloodshot? Because I didn't get a chance to uh, renting it or anything like that. Oh, it was fine. I mean, like, I know it wasn't a good movie by any means. Um, I, right. I love this. A lot of the actors involved, like Sam Hewen, I think he's fantastic. He's part of, um, he's in Outlander, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, Vin Diesel, I feel like he's a, he's a great time. I really do. I, you know, he, he's kind of like Jerry B, you know, Jared Butler a little right. bit, where he's kind of doing these like B level action movies. And right. <laughs> more with much more of it, like a sci-fi or fantasy element instead of like, you know, maybe, maybe with like a military theme, like um, Jerry B does. But, right. you know, I, you know, I definitely respect that, you know, as you know, that's like as creator for sure. Same here as well. I mean, I, the, the movie that I can say that he actually gave his all to not saying he doesn't give his all to anything mm-hmm. where he doesn't play that B level actor type of thing is a man apart. And that's mm-hmm. an underrated film that he played in. Yeah. Nobody really talks about that film. Yeah. I, that and, movie, I, I really enjoy that movie, but him being in that movie feels weird at the same time because it seems right. so, it seems not, it's almost distracting how out of place he is. You know, physically speaking, he's a very fit, buff guy. And he has like, he's like doing this like weird accent in that role. And I feel like it's a great movie, but he clearly doesn't he clearly doesn't look the same as all of his other like mob friends no and it's that's never really acknowledged <laughs> and so well, so it's just don't like forget, he, yeah don't forget it's also a revenge tale though too because he's yeah. actually like a cop and you know i just thought that he was trying to do this range where do some dramatic, do something different. At that time, he was trying to discover who he was as yeah. an actor, though, too. Totally. You know? Yeah. But tell me some more about what you were saying about the film, though, that, that, you, that took you out of the film, though. Um, like I mentioned, he's he's a great actor and everything. I, I see that movie, and I'm like, he's definitely trying. He's, you know, he's doing something outside his wheelhouse, and I love that about him for taking that risk. I, I can't imagine how much how it must feel as an actor to you know, be in these huge temple movies like, you know, Fast and Furious franchises were expected to make at least a billion dollars <laughs> to doing exactly. this, doing these, doing this little movie, um, you know, like this. And I, like I mentioned, I really enjoy the movie, but it's um, him being in the movie. It's almost distracting. I can't see that movie. I can't, I don't see him in the movie and be like, uh, oh, that's this character. You know, I see that movie. I, I see him and any scene. I'm like, that's Vin Diesel. That's Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Like, I don't see him as a character. <laughs> um, right, exactly. And I, I kind of feel, and I feel kind of bad about that, um, um, personally. And, oh, wait, maybe I'm, mis- um, I'm, I'm getting my movies mixed up. You said, yeah, I, you said A Man Apart, right? Right, A Man Apart. Uh, <gasps> oh, wait, I'm thinking a about- different movie altogether. Find me, I'm thinking of Find Me Guilty. Or, oh, I thought okay, you were thinking of Knock Around. Okay, I Forget thought you were it. thinking of knock around guys. Or oh my like gosh, that. yeah. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking about a completely different movie. I'm thinking of Find Me Guilty from 2006. Dang. Oh, oh man. <laughs> it's okay. Wrong movie. Hey, I made a couple of hey. <laughs> hey, Alex, it's okay because I made several mistakes tonight. So you know what? This one's on me. <laughs> it's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. Right. Funny. Exactly. Yeah. So forget me. I'm thinking about a different movie altogether. So all right, but <laughs> I've not seen that other movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll yeah. give you the premise of it if you want. Yeah. So that way, if you do want to check it out, you can. Yeah. But he plays this cop, and okay. you know, cops always have, you know, enemies that always come out comes after him and stuff like a that. Movie, sure. And so, anyways, what winds up happening is he does his undercover job, and everything. He's relaxing it's kind of like punisher if you think with thomas jane if you think about it but he lives on the beach with him and his wife and so anyways the guys come in the uh, the people that he was actually investigating comes in and shoots up the place he shoots his wife they they shoot his wife Mm -hmm. and they leave him for dead and i think it's a year or two later and he's going to try and get revenge on the people that killed his wife and 
the way he actually does it, he it shows the dramatic chops that he actually has for that time. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't see Vin Diesel vulnerable before. We didn't see him crying to shed tears before. All we saw him with him do is have a Corona bottle and drag racing. This mm-hmm. was probably one of my favorite um, Vin Diesel movies because it gave us layers of Vin Diesel that we haven't seen before. And it will make that very first scene will actually make you cry because of the fact is you even though she was only introduced for like a short time, it didn't feel like the very first time for Vin or anything like that because he's been with her for so many years. Yeah. And the thought of him losing his wife was just something that was impactful and something that was something that I haven't seen before from him. And it was really good. The action is really good in it and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job at making everything flow. I really thought he carried his own in that film. Yeah. Yeah, I so. can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's uh, my little tidbit. Yeah, absolutely. I do know sometimes what movies that make you have even more unexpected reactions, you know, such as, you know, tearing up, uh, you know, things like that. It's, you know, movies that we least expected, you know. So if you go into a movie like Titanic or, you know, or a, or a, <laughs> a movie by – a war movie by – Steven Spielberg, you're kind of going in expecting some tears to be shed at some point, you know, <laughs> versus, Most definitely. yeah, so you're kind of expecting like you, yours, like, yeah, it's a war movie, you know, Tom Hanks is probably in it, <laughs> I'm going to be sad, <laughs> someone's probably going to die, exactly. so I'm going to be sad, you know, it's a good movie and everything, so I have certain expectations, but if you go into a movie like that, where that kind of hits you out of nowhere very hard, it, it, it can almost like hit you... <laughs> Not only just because of the, there is that you know surprise factor involved, but that in combination with everything is happening, you know, kind of hits you a little bit harder sometimes. Just because, and you're like, oh, what are these feelings? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, most definitely. And like I said, you haven't seen Vin Diesel like that before yeah. or anything like that. So seeing him vulnerable, seeing him crying, it made me it made me open my eyes to maybe he can do some dramatic chops if he wanted to mm-hmm. do that later on. Yeah. But but if you ever get a chance to check it out, let me know what you think. Totally. I will. All right. So, let's see. You're running into 60 minutes. Do you uh is there anything else that you want to talk about or do you uh, do you have anything that you have to do? Oh, uh, no. I can do a little bit more. That's fine. Okay. I just want to make sure. No um no, okay. So, you know how you were talking about getting the best for your dollar when you go into a movie. And well, remember a little movie called Jupiter ascending where they spent more money on special effects than they did the actual plot. And that is such a shame because I'm like, they're not marketing this thing. Right. I remember the studios were trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you going to go see that Shane Tatum movie? I said, no. They're like, why? I said, Look at the budget and look at what they put into that budget mm. and everything. I said, I'm not going to go see this film. Because if you spend mm. more money putting into your special effects, where's the actual plot? Where's the meat in the potatoes of this film? Well, something that kind of makes me curious is that, you know, if there's some movies, rarely, um, but some movies uh, when you kind of hear so much about them, you know, w- when they're being made and you hear about the the escalating budget. Like I feel like Jupiter ascending thing is I love Jupiter ascending. I think the movie is just ridiculous and fun. And I love what I was trying to do. Um, you know, it's really fun world building and everything. And um, I, I like to compare it to uh, John Carter because. He, oh yeah. John Carter. Is yeah, great. So John Carter, you know, where they, these both, uh, they were almost like, no matter it, it could have raised, uh, made a billion dollars at the box office. It would still would have been considered a huge failure, <laughs> you know. Most definitely. Um, just because, you know, not only just because how much money it took to make and that in the marketing, and but there's so much drama and weird stuff going on behind the scenes, and you know, there was so much, uh, you know, trouble on set where it was just like gotten to a point, you know, it's just like, is this ever even happening? Where it was kind of a joke, you know. Oh, like oh they keep right. it's almost like um what is that movie um 
uh, New Mutants. It's like a joke if it's even going to be going to come out in theater. Like, <laughs> you know, like even the actors are like, is this even happening? Probably not. <laughs> so it's right. kind of weird when some movies get to that kind of situation where they're like, they're costing $300 million to make and they're going into creating these huge worlds and these characters and you know, the writing and everything involved. It's just so like at a certain point, like um, like it, you don't expect it to make money. You know, when John Carter, when it came to theaters, no one saw it. No one expected it exactly. to make money at a certain point, you know. And that's sad because John Carter was a great film. It's a fun time. And it turned into a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah which is really yeah. unfortunate because that movie, I, I, I didn't see it in theaters, but I feel like it would have been so much fun to see in theaters. I agree. And I didn't see that in theaters either. I rented it, matter of fact, at a video store at that Mm -hmm. time. You know, that was before the dying away of video stores. But um, I remember just having a fun time. I heated up some popcorn. I stuffed my face with some popcorn and enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Super jealous. (laughs) Well, I'll save you some popcorn next time. Absolutely. (laughs) But (laughs) all right. So what, is there anything else that you would like to actually cover or is there? Um, honestly, no, not really. Um, okay. I'm just okay. going to be doing some reacting to some schmodown matches here in a bit and maybe doing some karaoke okay. with video drew, but that's not for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the show and everything. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say thank you for being on. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to go on ahead and, uh, do this with me i do appreciate uh-huh. that yeah no problem thanks so much for having me on i appreciate it you're very welcome you're welcome anytime mm-hmm. and i was just wondering where can everybody re- reach you at uh you can find me at a million and one different places <laughs> uh, you can find me on twitter <laughs> at real underscore alex mac with a c and you can also find me with the Call to Action podcast. I do a lot of Schmodown reactions. I do a lot of uh, uh, I do a lot of stuff where it comes to Schmodown. And you know, so over at the Call to Action podcast, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. You can find it on Google, Anchor, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. And also, you can find us on YouTube. Um, we are trying to hit our goal right now, just trying to get above 2,000 subscribers. So we're inching our way there. Slowly but surely, we're going to get there. And um, so we're going to be trying to do that here pretty soon. But also, I do co-host a show with Video Drew called Cinema Bias, where we dive into our personal movie biases when it comes to films and genres and directors and everything. Uh, her and I have very different upbringings and, you know, very different ideas when it comes to movies. And, you know, so as a result, we do love, we kind of grew up with a lot of different, you know, movies from each other. So we like to expand each other's horizons by, you know, uh, switching off <laughs> a week here and there. Uh, so we can kind of, uh, kind of force each other to watch a movie outside our comfort zone a little bit. Recently, she watched for the first time, a Little Princess from 1995, directed by Alfonso Cuarón, and we are going to be watching. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, we also watched um, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Roca had never seen it before. John Roca was actually our guest, and so that was really fun. And so it was really fun to really dive into that. You know, why he hasn't seen it, and what did he kind of take away from you know that iconic horror movie, especially in today's you know you know focus. Um, but matter of fact, I watched that episode. Oh, wonderful! What do you think? I liked it. I liked the reaction that John gave and everything, and I really liked his perspective on yeah. it. I thought he did a real. I thought it was really good seeing that for the very, very first time on his perspective mm-hmm. of it. And it's such a classic, though, too. Yeah. So, absolutely, it's definitely a movie so, that it ages well in some regards. But at the same time, I don't want to like it as much as I do because who it comes from, you know, which is really, right. um, really interesting. Um, that. Uh, we're going to be doing Wall Street and Who Framed Roger Rabbit here pretty soon. So we get a bunch of fun stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and everybody, you can reach me at uh, John Diagorio85 on Instagram. You can also follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook and also on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at John DiGregorio. And until next time, bye bye. <laughs>